For he has declared, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. This is that which the prophet Joel has spoken. This is the day that we're now living in. This is the day, the church age, the age of the ecclesia, called up, called out, called into service. Amen and amen. I want to share a testimony with you. It's a long testimony. I'm going to keep it short. And uh, sometimes it's hard to make a long story short, but we're going to believe God to do that. And it has to do with um, my motive for sharing this is thanksgiving. Thank you for your pastor's prayers, for you praying for myself and our family for what we went through in the year 2021. I will begin by saying, first of all, that the devil made a huge mistake for attacking the Russell and Cindy Kallenberg family. There's a revival in the Kallenberg family. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Our kids have always served the Lord. Our sons have always served the Lord. But they are serving the Lord now with a fervency that they have never experienced before. I'm blessed to be able to tell you today that normally when, you know, uh, Adam, our youngest son, takes the pulpit when, when I'm not there. But this year, our middle son, Lincoln John Kellenberg, has taken the pulpit for us and preaching for the first time. Hallelujah. Our kids, our daughter-in-laws, our grandchildren, on fire for God. Let the fire fall, praise the Lord. This testimony began in the year 2015. On July 12th, there was a devastating storm that hit the Brainerd Lakes area. The next morning, on the 13th of July, I was over, Cindy and I went over to our son's house. We couldn't, we couldn't get into their house. We had to climb over trees and go through a long ways. It was completely blocked out. When we got to his property, we began to work fervently, and uh, I, began, I got a little bit careless several hours into the project, and I was uh, cutting what is called, I didn't know, it, no, but I do now, uh, cutting into making the back cut on what's called a barber tree, which has a lot of twisted fibers in it. And, and uh, when I was almost through with the back cut, the tree twisted toward me at a rate that you just wouldn't believe it could happen. Your first instinct, believe it or not, is to save the chainsaw. <laughs> So within that one second of trying to pull the chainsaw back out, the tree rolled towards me and went across my left femur. I went into shock. I was taken into the Brainerd uh, emergency room by ambulance. And uh, they were preparing for surgery because they were certain that my femur was broke. The nurse came into the emergency room and said, we're preparing you for surgery. We're going to take you into x-ray. And I said, my femur is not broke. She said, okay, Dr. Russell. And uh, 45 minutes later, after the x-ray was taken, she came back into the room. She said, your femur is not broken. And uh, I walked out of the hospital that day. She said, do you want a wheelchair? I said, no, I'm walking out. Walked out, went home. That fall, precautions were not taken for with the severe trauma that I experienced in my left leg, precautions were not talk, taken for blood clotting. That fall, I developed a very, very severe blood clot that really went from right here all the way into my ankle. And blood clot was treated by, really by the grace of God, divine intervention. I survived that. It actually even went into my lungs at that point. And of course, we know within a matter of seconds, it can be deadly. Well, 
It's hard for me to even say this, but for the next several years, I was not treated properly. And last year, July 13th, 2021, exactly six years later, I was in the ambulance heading for the Mayo Clinic to have open heart surgery because the vascular team determined that the severe blood clotting in my lungs put so much pressure on my heart that my mitral valve basically exploded. My mitral valve gave way. A mitral valve, as some of you I'm sure know, is a check valve and you better have it working because otherwise it's deadly. It took until, uh, that was on a Tuesday, it took until that Friday, July 16th, for the team to come up with a plan to be able to perform open-heart surgery, surgery on me, having already taken, I was already on blood thinners, and with that kind of blood clotting, um, you know, they had to come up with a plan. They came up with a plan. Surgery was supposed to take seven hours. It took two hours and 70 minutes. And when the surgeon got in, he said he had planned on removing the blood clotting in my lungs when he opened up my chest. When they opened up my chest, the blood clotting was completely eradicated. It was completely gone. That is a working of miracles. That is not naturally possible. A miracle is a divine intervention in the normal course of events. There's so many miracles that happen through this whole process, through the connections, through being able to get into the Mayo Clinic that quick, and so many other things. Divine intervention in the normal course of events. The, uh, my cardiologist said the surgery repair, the repair in the mitral valve was superbly done. Praise the Lord. So I'm standing here today because of the 18 prayers Amen. When you're going through something like that, you better be surrounded with the A-team prayer team. Hallelujah. So not only thousands of people were called to pray for me because my course was not finished. The devil tried to push me into the other side before I finished my course. But I'm here today, praise God. Amen. And amen. All to the glory of God. Cindy... My wife, Cindy, was absolutely incredible, moved in the gift of faith. Again, there's so many testimonies here. She said, I'm not only going to have a miracle in Russell's life, but I'm going to have three miracles, one in each one of our sons. And like I said, our children have always served the Lord, but they're serving God with a fervency and a fire like never before. What the devil meant for evil, God is able to turn for good. Even though you don't know how, my prayer to him, my father, my heavenly father, was what the enemy, what the devil has meant for good. I don't know how. I don't have to know how. But I believe you are going to turn this to good. And it's not over yet, praise God. The Kellenberg family is raising hell, R-A-Z-E, -E, in Brainerd, Minnesota. Just this weekend, our evangelism team has prayed with 106 people. Praise God. The devil attacked the wrong family, and we haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Long testimony. We shortened it up.
The title of this message is Fight or Flight. In early March, a poll was taken in the USA that asked the following question. If you were in the same position as the Ukrainians are now, would you stay and fight or flee the country? Among those who said they would stand and fight, one party led the charge. 68% of that party said they would stay and fight, compared to only 40% of the other party, saying they would rather leave and flee America than defend it, stating that it was not worth fighting for. My declaration today is, if we don't use our freedom to defend our freedom, we will lose our freedom. There is a 911 emergency call that has gone out for our nation. A Trump has sounded to bring America back to God, praise the Lord. And I'm not talking about a man, I'm talking about the Trump of God has sounded to bring America back to God. I found this poll very disturbing. Have you been to Omaha Beach? Have you been to Normandy? Have you been to Arlington National Cemetery? Just right here, not very far away. Have you been to Fort Snelling? Yes. It's always taken, it seems, the shedding of precious blood to attain and maintain freedom. Of course, the highest of all is the blood of Jesus yes. that has been shed to purchase our freedom and everlasting relationship. Amen. God believes in long-term relationships. We are forever His. Amazing grace. <clears throat> Proverbs 24.10 says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. The word faint means to grow weak or feeble. It means to decline. It also means to come close to losing consciousness. It seems as though the church has come close to losing consciousness. That's why we are in a great awakening. We're not asleep anymore, praise the Lord. We are awake and we are fully aware of what the kingdom of darkness has tried to do, is trying to do, but will not succeed in America, praise God. The prophetic word over America by those that have already gone home and are now in his presence was this, America shall be saved, praise God. We decree it, but we must take action. I want to share an example with you. Well, before we get there, here's another scripture. Why should we get involved? Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation. It's not a political party that exalts a nation. It's righteousness that exalts a nation. This is not my opinion. This is the everlasting word of God that can never be changed. Righteousness always has, always will exalt a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. We know the answer to sin is the blood of Jesus. Amen. Proverbs 29.2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. 
But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Let's be honest. There's a lot of groaning going on. But also another prophetic word is this, that we embrace and mix our faith with. Saul's will become Paul's in the political arena, praise God. Suddenly, an overnight change, a conversion, a divine intervention, a divine visitation where Saul's become Paul's. Those that are on the wrong path, overnight, hallelujah, are born from above and truly call Jesus Lord of their life and take a new course. Can you say amen this morning? Amen and amen. An Old Testament example that's very powerful that I believe is fits perfectly. Now it happened, 1 Samuel 30, verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag in the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive. There are many people, not only in this nation, precious ones that have been taken captive. But the church has the anointing to set the captives free. It is Christ in us, hope of glory. Amen. The women and those who were with them, from small to great, but they did not kill anyone, but carried them away on their way, and they went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep, but still no change. I don't think there's any question there's been a lot of weeping that has taken place over the condition of our nation. But that's not what's going to bring the change. Now David was greatly distressed there's a lot of distress in people's lives. But that still does not bring the change. David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved, bitter, anger, but still no change. Grief of what our nation once was. Bitter, anger, but still no change. We have to have the plan of God. We each must rise up and take our place. So when all this was taking place, David had something that we all need to develop and be very strong in in these days. And that is, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. This is no time for weakness. This is a time to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. This is no time to be fearful. For we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. The word sound mind means disciplined thought patterns. I believe that word is going to stick with you. Disciplined thought patterns, hallelujah, are ours as a child of God. 
in the most difficult of times. That's one of the words that the Apostle Paul, by the Spirit of God, sent to Pastor Timothy. You've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power love and a sound mind. We must discipline our thoughts. Somebody say, glory to God. Say it with me this morning. Say, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power love and a sound mind. Discipline thought patterns. So David strengthened himself. His self-talk caused him to be strengthened in the Lord. He reminded himself of his covenant with God and past victories. Then David said to Abathar the priest, Abimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. Here comes the plan. Then Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord. This is my prayer for you. I don't believe that you're here by accident. I don't believe that you've tuned in by accident. My prayer for you, for all of us, is that we inquire of the Lord beginning today and into next week to draw closer to him than we ever have before. Because God has a place for each and every one of us in these last days. He inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him. I like this part. So David inquired of the Lord and he answered him. We can all be confident that the Lord has spoken to us. And he said, If you call upon me, I will answer I will answer. The Lord answered David. And this is what he said. Oh, I like this. Pursue, for you will surely overtake and without fail recover all. So David went, he and his 600 men who were with him. It's one thing to hear the plan of God. It's one thing to hear what the Spirit of God is saying and it's another thing to act. Now notice, the only time the change took place was when they encouraged themselves in the Lord, they sought the Lord, He answered, and this was the answer, pursue. Pursue. Look to the person next to you and say, pursue. Pursue, pursue is in, to engage in a course of action. Again, this is my prayer for you, that God reveals to you in a manner that is so crystal clear to you, the course of action that you must begin to take. Engage in a course of action. Let me say the way the Lord dealt with Cindy and I. I'm not saying this is for you, but this was for us. It was this earlier in the year. Now my mother taught me, don't say, to say shut up to people is impolite. So I normally don't do that. But I think it's okay to say shut up to yourself. <laughs> so Cindy and I, the word for us was put up or shut up. Stop complaining about the way things are unless you are willing to begin to do something about it. <laughs> to engage in the process. So we did what none of us want to do. We went to the precinct meetings, the caucuses, yeah. on a local level. 
No one wants to leave their house on a weekday on a Minnesota winter when it's minus 20. And you go to a meeting that lasts four hours and it should only last an hour and a half. And I'm poking Cindy and I'm saying, what are we doing here? But then all of a sudden something happens and you realize why you're there and why the Spirit of God prompted you to be there. And then we went to the county BPO meetings, district convention, and then finally the state convention. Cindy and I, uh, the reason why the, the, uh, the uh, district meeting is so, so important, that meeting was up an hour north of us. That meeting lasted all day. It was on a Saturday. Let me tell you something. I'm very cautious, careful, protective over my Saturdays because I'm going to preach the next day. This meeting lasted all day. We left the house at 8 o'clock. The meeting wasn't over till 6 o'clock that night. But very important things happen. Delegates are chosen. It's those delegates that are going to go to the state convention and they're the ones that are going to determine who's going to be on the ballot in the fall. We, so there we were then at the state convention. We were chosen as alternates, but we both got seated. Cindy was seated on Friday. I was seated on Saturday. What I'm saying to you is this. Sincerely pray. Ask the Lord what your place is. We need to take action. We need to get involved. All that is necessary for darkness to take over the building is for light to leave. The Word of God says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. The darkness can never overtake it. It can never overcome it. The darkness can, ever, can never ever drive the light out of the building. The only thing that can happen is that the light decides it's going to leave. And darkness is lurking in the corners, just ready to pounce and take its place. If we're not there, somebody else will be. If our voice is not being heard, somebody else's voice will be being heard. It's time to pursue. It's time to overtake. And without fail, Recover all, praise God. In our nation, recover all and bring the gospel. For we are not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Somebody say hallelujah this morning. Precious blood has been shed, 1 Peter 1, 17. Since you call on him as your heavenly father, the impartial judge who judges according to each one's work, we know of a certainty. Thank God we're not saved by our works. By grace we're saved. Through faith. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. But there is a day coming as sure as we're standing here today called the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat of Christ, where we as a believer will stand before him and we will either receive or lose a reward. That's motivational to me. That day is going to happen. And that's why the Apostle Peter, by the Spirit of God, says this. 
Your heavenly Father, the impartial judge who judges, judges according to each one's works. Live each day, say each day, with holy awe and reverence. Amen. We must live out our days in the fear of God. There's benefits. Because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. You can have the highest educational degree, but if you don't fear God, you don't have the wisdom of God, you can have all kinds of knowledge, but still be all kinds of messed up. Because you don't know how to apply that knowledge. Wisdom comes from God. The practical application of knowledge. We believe and pray for God-fearing, God-loving, God-honoring men and women to rise to positions of authority in this nation like we have never seen before. Hallelujah. And because they fear God, they'll have the wisdom of God. Amen. And recover what's been lost. Live with holy awe and reverence throughout your time on earth. Your time. Your time. We have a select, allotted period of time that we're here. This is our time. We must redeem the time. Time is short. This is urgent. This is our time. We must embrace this time. Are you with me this morning? I believe what's being imparted today is you're going to have the opportunities to share with others in the love of God. Nobody wants to be told how to live or how to vote or anything else. But we must be informed with truth and accuracy before we make that decision. Amen. As for me and my house, it's this. Silent no more. When we have the opportunity, we will speak. And we do speak. And you'll be amazed at how many people are willing to listen that have not been willing to listen before. For truth and righteousness to be restored. Glory to God. For you know that your lives were not ransomed once and for all from the empty and futile way of life that was handed down from generation to generation. It was not a ransom payment of silver or gold which eventually perishes. Thank God there's no shelf life on the blood of Jesus. It will never perish. We are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, who like a spotless, unblemished lamb was sacrificed for us. This was part of God's plan for you. He was chosen and destined for this before the foundation of the world was even laid. But he has been, been made manifest in these last days for you. Aren't you glad? He has been revealed for us. Hebrews 2, 1 says this, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. Why? Lest at any time we let them slip. Lest we drift away. I believe the things that we have, have already heard, the Spirit of God has prepared us for a time such as this. 
Because we are prepared, we are not scared. Amen. I believe even in this company of believers, there are elite forces for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of light that are being sent into places where you haven't been before. Amen. Because we refuse to be part of those who let these precious things that we've already heard, we will not let them slip. We will not be part of an apostasy, a falling away. It's out there. It's real. It's almost tangible. But not in my house, praise God. Not in this church. Not in the blood-bought church. Amen and amen. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Amen. I know it's just, you know, the, the worship was awesome this morning. The last song, Amazing Grace. How can we not stand up as an ambassador for Christ, understanding the amazing price that was paid to secure, to secure our salvation. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us through those who heard him, God also bearing witness with signs and wonders. Say signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Signs and wonders. Various miracles. Gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. For the glory of the Lord is here. Now listen. The glory of the Lord is here. Do not say it's off in the future. For the glory of God is here now. The table has been set. Come and dine. Yes. Yes. God Almighty, bearing witness with signs, wonders, various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His own will. Yes, amen. For He is, as He promised, pouring out of His Spirit upon all flesh. So do not sit back and spectate but jump right in and participate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, the day of all day meetings has come. The day of revival meetings that will last for weeks and weeks and weeks are not too distant in the future. For that which has been shall be again. Hallelujah. Only in greater measure and reach even much further. For the harvest of the whole earth shall come in. To this we say amen and amen. And we're here for a time such as this. Can you shout amen this morning? Praise the Lord. The glory is here. Amen. Where were we here anyway? <laughs> 
2 Timothy. We are reading after a man this morning that would not quit. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I do what I do by the grace of God. The Spirit of God used them to send this letter to Timothy again in the heat of the battle. He said, Timothy, in the presence of our great God and our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is destined to judge both the living and the dead by the revelation of his kingdom, I solemnly instruct you to preach, proclaim the word of God, and stand upon it no matter what. The most important thing that needs to take place in troublesome times is the preaching of the word of God. Stand on it no matter what. Rise to the occasion. Look to the person next to you and say, we must rise to the occasion. He said, preach when it's convenient and when it is not. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit. I promise you as you begin to move out instructed by the Spirit of God that you will have a full expression of the Holy Spirit as your steps are ordered of the Lord to go through the door that he has opened that no man can close. Anointed, prepared, equipped, and provided for. Amen. Let it rain. Let it rain. Hallelujah. Let it rain. <laughs> the glory rain. Presence. Power. Goodness. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit with wisdom and patience as you instruct and teach the people. The Lord has put it in my heart to believe because of what we went through to believe, to preach with the strongest prophetic anointing that we have ever preached with before. And to move in the power of the Spirit like we've never moved in before. Hallelujah. All to the glory of God. For the time is coming when they will no longer listen and respond to healing words of truth because they will become selfish and proud. Dear God, we resist selfishness and pride. They will seek out teachers with soothing words that line up with their desires, saying just what they want to hear. They will close their ears to the truth and believe nothing but fables and myths. So be alert to all these things and overcome every form of evil. Carry in your heart the passion of your calling. I believe today as you've tuned in, I believe this weekend as, you, as you're present here that you are going to have a passion for your calling like you have never experienced before. Carry in your heart the passion of your calling. Say it with me this morning. Say, I'm called of God. It's a holy calling. By the grace of God, I will honor that calling. Then he goes on to say, as a church planner and evangelist, fulfill your ministry calling. And now the time is fast approaching for my release from this life. And I'm ready to be offered as a sacrifice. The day will come if Jesus is not returned in our lifetime. 
The time of our departure will come. And we will believe that we will not be pushed out of this life by the enemy's devices. The day will come and Paul knew it was coming. What are we going to be able to say at that day? This is what he said. I have fought the good fight. The word fought and fight is where we get the word agony. Yes, there are times in life where the warfare becomes so intense, it's like agony. But along with the agony comes the reward of the victory. It seems to me sometimes and in some places in America, coming to church has been like going to a spa. Where it should be like boot camp. Because the warfare is real. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. That is reality. But he, the Lord Jesus Christ, has come to give us life and to give it more abundantly. We need to be trained and taught how to fight the good fight of faith until we finish. Somebody say amen. Coming to church should not always be comfortable. Many times it should make us uncomfortable. Many times it should be a godly sorrow that works repentance in our life, that brings about a true and great change in our life to get us back on track because I'm telling you, there are many times when we need to be brought back on track. And there's an anointing from a God-ordained pulpit that will cause that very thing to be. And I can tell you, this is a God-ordained pulpit, praise the Lord. He said, I fought an excellent fight. Paul tells us that some of his ministry had been a real struggle, difficult, fierce, and even agonizing. But you know what he said about this? In 2 Corinthians 4, 16, he called it light affliction. He said, but this light affliction, which is but for a moment. He went through more than hundreds, thousands of, even, of us will ever go through. You know what he called it? Light affliction. That's a renewed mind speaking. That's a, I'm not feeling sorry for myself thinking. That's one of the biggest things that I had to overcome in order to have a successful outcome with what I went through in 2021. Why is this happening? I know what I believe. But there is no victory in self-pity. As tempting as it is to go down that road, there is no victory on that path. Thank God I had the kind of encouraging people that were around me. Amen. And amen. Let me tell you something. That was a big thing to overcome. But we overcame it. Paul did not say, woe is me. 
Look at everything I've been through. He said it's light affliction, which is but for a moment. While we look not at the things that are seen, for the things that are seen are temporary. The condition of America right now is temporary. But the Word of God endures forever. The things that are not seen are eternal. And they last forever. Whatever we're going through today, it's temporary. Say it with me this morning. In fact, would you stand to your feet, please? How about a big smile? You know what I believe is over with? Believers being discouraged. Forget that. There's a better way to live. We're alive now. This is our time. As long as we're here, why not live enthusiastically? If you're going to be married, why not have enthusiasm in your marriage? That was weak. You should really say amen. If you're going to come to church, why not come with enthusiasm? This is not hype. I believe this is the Spirit of God Himself. It's time for the blood-bought, the church, the redeemed to rise. Hallelujah and see the glory of God. Let me remind you of the prestigious assembly that God says that we are. The word church is the word ecclesia, a called separated in prestigious assembly. It was used to denote a distinguished Athenian citizen who determined laws, debated public policy, formulated new policies, argued and ruled in judicial matters, elected the chief magistrates of the land, decided who should be banished, to be selected from society, invited to join this assembly was a great honor. Let me tell you something, to be called out of the world and into the body of Christ is a great honor. To be called to be part of the ecclesia in these last days is a great honor, hallelujah. In the New Testament, it depicts the body of believers who have been called out. Say called out. Say, I'm called out. Called forth. Selected. And assembled. Now listen. To be God's representative in every town, every city, every state or nation. The ecclesia is a body called to make decisions that affects the atmosphere of the region. Amen. This is who God says we are. Who do you say you are? This is the way God sees the body of Christ. How do we see the body of Christ? The world has tried to say the church is non-essential. Well, those days are over with. 
Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my ecclesia. This is one of the most powerful I wills of the Lord Jesus. He said, I will build my ecclesia and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Will not. Gates decide what comes in and what goes out. The gates of hell have said, you can't come in here. You can't come in here. Well, God has a different word. <laughs> Here's what we say to hell. We say, hell yes. We're coming through. I'm not cursing this morning. That's what we say to the gates of hell. By the anointing of the Christ, yes, we're coming through these gates. The gates of hell will not prevail, cannot prevail, will never prevail. Amen. Jesus said to the church in the book of Revelation, to him who overcomes, that word is perpetual. It means never ending, uninterrupted, not a one-time victory. Say, not a one-time victory. I'm going to close this part of the service with this. I believe we receive this word with a holy awe. In Acts chapter 22, in verse 6, Paul is describing the man he once was when he had a divine encounter with Jesus the victorious. He said, I was on the road to Damascus about noon, a brilliant and heavenly light suddenly appeared flashing all around me. He says, I fell to the ground, I heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I answered and said, who are you, my Lord? He said to me, I am Jesus the victorious. I'm the one you're persecuting. Those who were with, with me saw the brilliant light, but they didn't hear the voice of the one who spoke to me. Say, the one who spoke to me. Would you please say that again? The one who spoke to me. So I asked. This is what the man Saul at the time asked. And I believe it's a question that every person that calls Jesus Lord needs to ask. He said, Lord, what would you have me to do? I believe because of the urgency of the hour that we must all say to the Lord Jesus, what would you have me to do? in all humility and he will answer I said he will answer just like he answered Saul he said Lord what am I to do and Jesus said to me the Lord said to me get up and go get moving 
into Damascus, and there you'll be told about all that you are destined to do. Would you please say this with me this morning? Say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I ask you today, with all humility, what am I to do? I believe for the answer as I call upon you to be given crystal clear. And I will take the step, empowered by your Spirit, all for your glory. When they had prepared me for surgery, and I got to the point, and it, it takes some time for you to be prepared for, be prepared for that kind of surgery, I got to the point where I saw the oxygen mask coming down, actually very slowly like this. I had one of the most intimate and incredible moments with the Lord. And the only words I could get out in my inner man was, God, my Father. God, my Father. My destiny is not yet complete. And with that, I woke up on the other side, on this earth, of a very successful procedure. I will say to you today, to everyone here, and everyone listening, your destiny is not yet complete. You will fulfill your destiny. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.